and welcome to the 99 Yards podcast, a very special festive football edition of the 99 Yards podcast. I'm your host today, Brian, and joining us, we've got Stuart, Johnny and Adam. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, very well, Brian. Uh, good to be back talking football again as Christmas approaches. Lots of games, lots of fun and things happening over the next couple of weeks, football-wise. And uh, yeah, let's let's see what everyone's thinking about what's going on. Enjoying a rare off day from football. It's the first day since since Friday, isn't it? Since we have football just to date the podcast. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a week full of football this this week. Yeah, I'm a, a little bit tired after watching the Eagles win yesterday, but it was all worth it when they won. Yeah, it's always worth staying up when they win, and it's just the worst decision if you stay up and they lose. But uh, well done, Johnny and the Eagles. Uh, so yes, as you can tell, recording this on. Well, you can work it out. It's a Wednesday. We've got football coming up this weekend. We've just had a lot this weekend before. It's all going on. And we've got a little little thing as well called Christmas, which we're going to be right involved with. But before we get cracking, or should I say Christmas crackering, we've got a bit of news. I'm happy to announce uh, we're going to be involved with the Reese's Senior Bowl again next year. Uh, Stu, you're one of our draft head honchos and you were... Uh, you did it all online last year. So um, tell us a bit more about it. What does it mean and what can our readers and listeners expect for the Senior Bowl next year? Yeah, so we're, we're super excited to be involved in that again this year. Myself and Owain were involved um, with the virtual media for the Senior Bowl last year. Um, really be looking at um, access to practice sessions, interviews with the coaches, the coach head press conferences, lots of video clips from practice. Um, lots of tidbits, information, what, who's looking good, who's, whose draft stock is coming up, who's been watching who. So, yeah, really exciting times. It's, it's great that we've been um, been allowed to, to do that again this year. So um, big props to Jim Nagy and his team for, for allowing us to, to cover things from this side of the pond. Really exciting times. And, yeah, um, can't wait for that to come around. Yeah, very exciting times indeed. Did a great job last year and I'll be uh, looking forward to what we can do this year as well. But uh, right, let, let's get uh, let's get going. As Andy Williams sang, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Christmas, and uh, we'll start off. We'll do a bit of. Uh, we'll put ourselves in in the Santa's chair. We'll see who's been naughty and who's been nice. We'll um, we'll start off positive. Eh? It is Christmas after all. We'll see who's been nice. Um, who do you think, guys? Who have you got on your on your nice list this year? So for me, um, I'm going to go with Nick Sirianni. Um, I'm going to stay at home. The Eagles head coach started off shakily, but he's he's really come on as a first-year signal caller and he's changed the way he's calling plays. He's now using the run, which he didn't for the first few weeks of the season. Um, and you, you only have to look at last night when, when they're down to their third-string left guard. They've got a right guard missing. And they were still able to run for over 200 yards and pass for another 200, even against a, an admittedly short-handed Redskins team. But the defensive front was it was still their strength, and a lot of those guys have come back. Yeah, I like that one. I certainly think he'll be uh, he'll be getting a nice present. I think he's he's done a really good job, and just pained me to say it a bit as a Cowboys fan. But although the Eagles haven't been great this year, they've certainly been a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. And then the nice position of come the drafts, they've got three first round picks to play with. So uh, things are looking up in Philadelphia. Who else is there? Who else is getting a nice gift this year, guys? Go on, Stu. For me, I think the nice 
is somebody not well a group who at the start of the season were definitely on the naughty list and I think that's the Kansas City Chiefs defense um the Chiefs everyone had the Chiefs written off oh the Chiefs are not going to do well this year look at how much they started losing the defense is all over the place and it was almost like a switch was flipped Defense was on top. They they really cut down on the bad plays. They really cut down on the points um, scored against them, which took a bit of the pressure off Patrick Mahomes and co, who'd been really expected to just outgun other teams at the beginning of the season. And as we're heading to Christmas, lo and behold, number one seed in the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs, who'd have thought it a few weeks ago. So I think a big props to their um, defence and the defensive coordinator. Things have really tightened up. And I think they've now, in the last couple of months, they've made it onto my nice list. It is amazing the transformation that they've had in Kansas City. They they seem to be a, a defence first team. And you've got to think at some point, obviously they had the, the Raiders game already this season, but at some point the, that offence is going to click and it, they're going to be very, very difficult to stop in the AFC playoffs with no clear... Uh, well, favourite beyond certainly behind the Chiefs, no clear second second favourite. So they're they're quite the proposition going into the playoffs. I mean, certainly they've they've got a a really good defensive coordinator in um, Spagnuolo. He's someone who Andy Reid knows well. Um, he's won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator with the, one with the Giants and one with the Chiefs. And I think that once he's kind of um, got hold of the defense, gone playing back the way he wants to. Yeah, I think that they've been a really, really good unit and very impressed with them. And it, it bodes um, bodes scarily for the, the playoffs that they're that they've got so much going for them on that side of the ball when we know what their offense can do as well. It's worrying though. I think again, as they're trying to get as far as they can in the player or for their playoff position, it's worrying the um, the COVID situation that they've just seen. Kelsey, uh, along with several others, added to the roster, and you know it's it's got to be worrying for the NFL that have got marquee players going out. Yeah, I think as we head into this time of year, it might be who has the least issues with COVID, isn't it? It's going to be potentially season wrecking for some teams. So, do we think then that, that the Chiefs are going to going to romp home, or who's going to challenge them? I think they'll romp to the Super Bowl, but I think I don't see them as as better than the uh, the best of the NFC, to be honest. So I, I think they could uh, have a repeat of last year where they, they they ease into the Super Bowl and suddenly come up against a, a better team on the other side. Um, I'll maybe talk about it later in my, my Christmas crackers, and he's going to have a good Christmas time. Who I think might be uh, challenging the Chiefs. So when we come on to that, we'll we'll maybe have a chat about that one. On my nice list, I'll uh, I'll mop up the the other couple I had. I wasn't sure if uh, if either of you guys would would take these, but a couple of players who have, have come out of being strong players, but to to suddenly being absolute superstars. The the Colts have been reliant on on Jonathan Taylor all all season. He's had over fifteen hundred yards, one hundred eight yards a game, and seventeen touchdowns. But perhaps slightly more surprisingly is, is Cooper Cup, who has just been an absolute phenom for the round Rams. 1,600 yards over the, over the course of the season, 14 touchdowns uh, and 116 yards a game. He's over 300 yards ahead of the next uh, highest receiver, which is Justin Jefferson, I think. So that's it's just amazing how he suddenly come from, from nowhere to, to be the, the top receiver in the league. 
both definitely very deserving of big presents under the tree this year. Absolutely, and I've got I've got someone on my list, and that's a, a bit of a surprise. Not as good a season as the two you just mentioned there, Adam. But that's Derek Carr. Despite playing on uh, the Raiders, which we've had all sorts of controversy this year, just he, he's lost uh, his best receiver Henry Ruggs with the um, the drink driving incident, change of head coach, messy offensive line, one of the worst run games. But he's still got himself 4,162 yards, which is second to only on Brady. And if he carries on, he's going to hit 5,000 yards, which is pretty good. Granted, he got the, the extra game this year. But he's having himself another really good season, despite things around him not being great. And yeah, he, he could do with a, a bit of a Christmas miracle, maybe. It's probably not going to happen. But um, he's definitely having another nice season. And we'll, uh, we'll see how he gets on in the future. It's definitely interesting with the Raiders, because they're doing, he's doing so much with so little, as you say. And I mean, run, if you watch Hunter Renfro, he um, he runs such a nice route. He, he always, always seems to get open um, and does so much with the ball in his hands. But aside from that, he, there's no one. Wall was obviously out injured for the year now. So I think that's definitely a good pick, Brian. I think as well that the, the Raiders in general, when we're looking, obviously, I, I think that they will be looking for a head coach in the summer. I don't think they're going to stick with the, with the interim guy. It's not a bad proposition to go into the Raiders. I mean, they've got Derek Carr, who's a, who's a quarterback you can win with. He's maybe not the upper echelons of quarterbacks, but you can certainly win with him. They've got Renfrey, who who's probably one of the best slot receivers in the league. They've got a top tight end and they've got two good pass rushers. You've got something a bit to build with there. There's some teams that maybe have a little bit less. So I, I think they might become an attractive proposition for a for an aspiring coach if they can get things right behind the scenes as well. I can't help but feeling, feel they're a little disappointing, though. I mean, we're, we're talking about them, a, what, a day or two since since the Browns game, where they, they just about beat, with the last play of the game, a very, very underhand Browns team who, who haven't exactly been the class of the AFC either. There's definitely talent there. Uh, Derek Carr's had had a very good season, but I, I said earlier this season I thought they might uh, take on a, a very Raiders-ish uh, mindset of it's everybody's against us, that everyone wants us to fail and, and suddenly go on a big run. And they're only just, or they're at 500 and just about in the in the playoff race. I kind of expected it to go either a lot better than this or a lot worse and they them absolutely tank. So I'm I'm slightly surprised it's it's come kind of been a bit of a middling season given everything that's gone on. Well that's uh, that's enough being nice for now. Let's get our Scrooge hats on. Let, let's be a bit of the Grinch. Who's uh who've we got on the naughty list guys? Who's getting a big lump of coal? Well I think the obvious answer just a, a short one is Urban Meyer who aside from all the all the things that he's definitely done that <laughs> Are unethical and 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 the like in terms of nightclubs and and kicking players, uh, but that it, it just wasn't a good fit in fit in the NFL. Obviously, uh, particularly, I don't think he was ready to to build a, a team from the ground up rather than uh, entering a, a a team that's that's right at the top as as his teams in, in college were. But for me, and I, I think you'll uh, you'll probably agree with this one, Brian. I've got to go with Dak Prescott who's uh, been very disappointing, and I should know he's on one of my fantasy teams. He's uh, said <laughs> 15 points last week he got me. God, once Killer. since week six, and oh, only four times this season, and two touchdowns, or two or more touchdowns once since week 10. It, he's he's very much in the gabbit zone over the last few weeks, and it's it's been incredibly frustrating to watch him thinking he'll score, he'll, 
he'll come back to normal. He'll come back to normal. And he just hasn't over the last six weeks or so. For me, it's not really much about who I'm going to give some call to about a, a period of time or what they've done over a period of time. I'm purely just going to give a big lump of call to Bradley Chubb. Um, I don't know if you guys saw a, that hit that he had on, I can't even remember who it was. It was well after the tackle, just this other week when they were playing the Bengals. The guy was down and he just absolutely lamped into him for, for, for no apparent reason whatsoever. There hadn't been anything throughout the game. And I thought that, yeah, that is definitely taking someone off a of Santa's nice list. You're getting cool for that. So Bradley Chubb, sorry, that, that hit was pretty bad and I didn't like it. You're getting some cool. I know the NFL are trying to, to crack down on contact to the head, but it does surprise me some of the tackles that are still allowed in the NFL. When you, you look, you compare it to, to how much rugby are, are doing in terms of reducing head contact of pretty much any head contact as a penalty, anything with force as a red card. You'd have thought that any head contact would would, in, would be a penalty, but they, they're obviously trying to keep the, the essence of the game. And, and there were far more headshots in the, in football going back historically. So it's it's a difficult one to balance. Oh, uh, for me, I'm tempted to go with the Steelers because although they, they're getting back to winning ways, that, that team just looks to be underperforming. They're not firing on all cylinders. That offence can be pretty disastrous. But the team that just, just pick them at the post would be the Cardinals, who really, really struggled, even even since they're getting their star players back. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see that with the Cardinals as well. They're kind of one of these teams that that flatter to deceive a little bit at times. I know they've got a really good record, but I'm I'm still on the on the fence with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so some of his his coaching decisions in game management can be a bit odd. Um, the the they the should be better, and I think I think they're going to make the playoffs quite easily. And I I think that they would be a contender for me. That is a team that's that's one and done. If they can play like they did against the Lions, I mean, who are it made Jared Goff look pretty good actually, which is a which is a feat in itself at times because poor Jared's had a bit of a beating over the last while. But yeah, I, I can see where you come up with that, that Johnny. They started off the season really well, but are, are they going to be running out of steam come January time? We shall see. We shall see. I've got on my naughty list. You'll love this. It's Christmas themed. It's Pete Carroll. Oh, you just had to get that in there. You just couldn't wait for a Christmas right, themed one. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks in general. It's just. It's just. They've just been very disappointing. And you look at some of the players they've got, and they've got the quarterback, the receiver. They've got. They've got a. What on paper doesn't look great, but a pretty good defense. And they've just been so disappointing. And for me. I'm not sure what, but some something's got to change there. It may well be the coach, but they're, they're in this sort of window where they've got Russell Wilson and they've got to make the best of him. And when your franchise quarterback is potentially talking about moving somewhere else and then you're coming up with a, you know, what at best is going to be an eight and nine season, you've got issues. So, yeah, Pete Christmas Carroll, you're on my naughty list. It just wouldn't be a, a 99 yards podcast if we didn't mention the Seahawks at some point, even when there's not a Seahawks. <laughs> We have to mention the Seahawks, obviously. Well, if the time for Christmas, so time for miracles. Let's hope <laughs> the Seahawks are going to win next. You never know. You never know. Right, sticking with the Christmas theme, let's give out some uh, Christmas crackers. Who's going to have a, a great Christmas and New Year? Who's going to finish the season strong? 
I'll start for this one. Uh, you did mention before, Adam, um, but I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been um, pretty pretty bad recently. Started off started off really well. I don't know. You can you can blame the they've had a few changes on the offensive line. Running game hasn't been as good as it's been previous seasons, but they've still got a lot of talent. He's got probably the the best healthiest set of receivers in the league right now. There shouldn't be excuses. You've just got your forty million a year contract. Go and do it. Go and be a star and to be to be as disappointing as he's been pretty much the last five or six weeks is not good enough. But look, they've got Washington coming up at home and a big game against Arizona and then they finish the season in uh, in Philadelphia. Three games there where if he kicks on just the right time, isn't it, just before the playoffs, maybe out of hope, I don't know. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he can have three good games there and it'd be, it'd be a really good time for him to kick on and hopefully get his early season form back, bring on the Super Bowl. Well, who do you guys think? Who's, who's a Christmas cracker? Who's going to finish the season strong? So, uh, keeping with the theme of Adam almost stealing our ideas, um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor, who you mentioned earlier on. Um, I think he has just got better and better and better and better as the as the season has gone on. Um, I thought if any team was going to have a chance at slowing him down, it might have been Belichick with a bit of time to think about it, prepare. Didn't happen. Absolutely ran over the top of New England as well. And we talked about, Johnny had mentioned, is anyone going to stop the the march of the, the Kansas City Chiefs? If any team for me, the one team that could do that is the Colts, if they, if they were to come up against the, the, um, the Chiefs. They're the one team in the AFC that I think can keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Um, if they can control the time of possession, control the clock with the running game, um, they have a real chance at is slowing down the, the offense uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs and giving the, the defense fits, because that's one of the things they have struggled a little bit with is the running game. So Jonathan Taylor to continue his march on, march on to the MVP, march through the playoffs, and who knows who knows what could happen. Do you trust Wentz enough in the playoffs, though? Yeah, if you give the ball to Taylor, you can keep the ball out of Wentz's hands. I think I think if Wentz Wentz has a enough just to play disciplined football, not do these stupid. I'm going to try a shovel pass when I'm backwards and falling over and being tackled <laughs> into the into the opposition's hands. If he keeps it simple, gives what defenses give to him, you know he's capable of doing that. And I think if he just screws ahead on and they and they play the game, the the Colts could be a, a team that nobody wants to come up against. He is, but you you are looking at doing that against a stingy defence and potentially one of the top offences, I just think sooner or later you're going to need Wentz to be the man and they've given up a, fa- a first round pick for him now, so he needs to justify that. Yeah, and you're glad you're getting that first round pick to Philadelphia, aren't you? Definitely. <laughs> Three this year, can't wait. What about you, Johnny? Okay, I'm going to go a little bit left field here, but my um, my Christmas cracker is going to be Justin Herbert who just seems to make play after play for the Chargers um, just phenomenal talent any throw you name it he can make, he makes plays with his legs intelligent player just reads the field so well goes to the open man just a really all round top, top level player 
Yeah, did you see his t- touchdown pass the other day as well? Did you see Daniel Jeremiah's reaction to that one? He was going yeah. on about it's the best throw he'd ever seen. It, 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 it maybe not go that far, but it was unreal. He's he's got such such a good arm on him as well, and he, as you're right, he seems an intelligent football player. Um, and yeah, he, he kind of went through a little bit of a sticky spell in mid early middle part of the season, but he seems to be coming on strong again. So yeah, he could well be a guy who's motoring through through the Christmas period. I think that's probably a restraining order against me talking about Justin Herbert, given how much I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed watching him the last uh, year or two. He's, he's been excellent. So I'll, I'll uh, move swiftly on before I get I break that, <laughs> that restraining <laughs> order. Um, for me, I, I know it's a team that's looked a bit uh, a bit shaky over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they, they got beaten by uh, this, uh, the, that quarterback's uh, charges uh, and also uh, had a, a, a ropey win against the, the Broncos on, on Sunday. But I think the Bengals are in a really good position at the moment. They're, they're sitting at eight and six. They, they've got a very beaten up Ravens team that they're playing at the weekend. Uh, they do have the Chiefs in, in week 17, but I think it's a game that they, they could win if with the Chiefs. Obviously, they've got their COVID issues and potentially uh, looking ahead to... to um, to the playoffs, and then they're at the Browns in the final week. I think they have a very good, uh, a very good chance of running the table and winning their first, uh, winning their first division title since 2015. It'd be the first time they'd been be in the playoffs since 2015 as well. So I think that the the Bengals are a, a very good shout to to win the AFC North. Just a, a quick other one. I think the 49ers also could have put themselves in a very good position. They've, they've only got they've got the Titans who have struggled and then host the Texans over the next two games. They could go into the final game of the season at 10 and 6. And I think that would be a very good position for them in the NFC playoff race. Yeah, the, the Bengals um, were a team that I, I kind of liked in pre-season and was looking forward to seeing um, particularly what their passing attack would look like with, with a healthy Joe Burrow and a, and a good selection of wide receivers. Um, but they've, they've just improved kind of in all fields as well. The defence looks a lot better than it did last year as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that division is, it's, it's been a funny division to predict what's happening all year. There was one point the Bengals were at top and then it looked like the Ravens were going to run away with it. And the Browns had kind of flirted with it as well. So, yeah, the, the Bengals are in, in good a nick as any of, the, any of the teams in that division to to push on. For me, um, it's amazing how jo- how much Joe Mixon just gets overlooked yet he's contributing over the last two or three years at least just game in game out when he's on the field I mean when he's injured and he has missed reasonable amount of time he's obviously he's he's a huge loss for them but when he's on the field it just makes the whole team look better there's not many people criticising them getting Jamar Chase anymore, is there? And with Jamar Chase mixing, as you say, T. Higgins, there's there's a lot of weapons. They've really built well around Joe Burrow, and it's it's a scary proposition over the next few years, certainly as a Ravens fan. Higgins killed me in fantasy this week. <laughs> nothing nothing sticks more than a player beating you in fantasy. <laughs> we all uh, we all know that. Moving on, it being Christmas, it's about time we gave out some presents, some. Uh, Maybe not real, but let's give some presents to some teams. Again, I'll uh, I'll I'll kick us off, and it, it's it's not going to happen. But you never know. I I want to give the Saints a quarterback. All right, Taysom Hill. He's not really a quarterback. Um, you know, he does all these sneaky tight end stuff, and he, you know, you want to bring him in as a sub or something. Then yeah, he's great. But is he a long term starting quarterback? I don't think so. And look, this is a team with a good D, a, a great coach. You know, you only got to look at how they sort of schooled the. Uh, 
reigning champion Buccaneers the other day. It's just frustrating as a league, as you, you know, as, as a fan of football in general. Just, the states could be so much better if you just had a quarter. A lot of teams could, but you feel like with a with a even just a medium to good quarterback, they could they could put some real pressure on. What do you guys think, present-wise? Who uh, who deserves the gift and who's going to get it? Speaking of presents, I I can't help but notice the uh, the merch that you're rocking there, Brian, with the the, the 99 yards draft oh, talk yeah. uh, logo on there. So there uh, get get the. But uh, so if if I were to have a Christmas present, that would definitely be higher than one. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of a Christmas, I'd probably have to have to whisper this one, but given that it's for the Titans, but a healthy Derek Henry for for the league, but particularly for Titans fans going through the playoffs, as you were saying, Stu about teams that could beat the Chiefs in the, in the playoffs. The Titans, obviously, in, in 2019, I don't want to talk about too much, but Derek Henry ran roughshod over pretty much everyone, particularly the Ravens. Uh, and and he was pretty good in the, in the playoffs, or, or sorry, pretty good last season, and then this season until getting injured. It, I don't think January will be quite the same without Derek Henry doing doing nasty things in the playoffs. Definitely, he give them such a, a boost. Um, but, that they they're just unpredictable at the moment. You think they're going to be amazing, and then they just stutter. And yeah, they're a, a strange one. But their two main offensive players are out injured at the moment. In, in Henry and AJ Brown is is still on IR as well. So it's it's not exactly a surprise. And, and Julio Jones has, has been injured for for much of the season. He's been uh, as as big a bust he could really be in in the naughty category from from earlier. <laughs> But it's not exactly surprised that the offense is struggling. Maybe the defense should be helping yeah. them out a bit more. But they were they were never in shakes. I think the defense was picked though to be one of the better, one of the more improved, and it just hasn't produced. Yeah, I think Henry's one of them, especially in the playoffs. You want, you know, just as a spectacle and as a, as a as a sport, as a competition, you want the best players playing, especially in the playoffs. It's not quite the same. If, like you say, if Derek Henry's not playing, or if I don't know, say if, if never happens, but if Tom Brady got injured, or if if someone like that was missing, or I don't know, if say LeBron James was missing in in basketball or something, you want the best players playing at the best level in the biggest games, um, and Henry's such a a huge player for the Titans without him, it's just not that good. And as a like I say, as a as a Titans outsider looking in, trying to trying to get excited and watch a be a playoff game. Just wouldn't be as exciting, would it, without Derek Henry? So, you know, he's on his way back. He might be back in time for the playoffs. We'll see. Okay, so my Christmas present it's it's for the Detroit Lions. It's it's going to be a bit convoluted, so so bear with me on on getting there with it. So <laughs> <laughs> so for the Detroit Lions, I am going to give them some wins, but not for them. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give the the, the Jaguars some wins. I'm going to give the Texans some wins, and I'm going to give the Jets some wins, so that the Lions can get the number one pick, and they can pick the home state boy Aiden Hutchinson from the draft. It's a bit convoluted to get there, but I think that that would um, with with the way that the, I've, I've developed a bit of a soft spot for the Lions over the, over the last year or so since since Dan Campbell's kind of come in, um, and they look to have tried to have done things the right way. They've they've accumulated draft picks. They picked a, a great offensive lineman, Penny Sue, who's really come into his own as, a, as the season's gone on. I think if they could get a, a home state hero um, on the other side of the ball, um, someone that the, tea, the fans can really get behind, 
and and start to build around for ready for when they're ready to drop that quarterback in. I think they they can ride with Goff for another bit of time until that right person comes available for them. Um, I think that they, that they could start building something something reasonable, which we haven't seen in Detroit for, for quite a long time. So I'm giving all the rivals some wins for Christmas so that they can get the present that they want a little bit later on, round about Easter time. I think Detroit are one of the teams that they play obviously every Thanksgiving and you want them to be good. Even since Barry Sanders was there, you wanted them to be good every year and then they're just not. They're just uh, They're just disappointing. Yeah, especially this year because they've come so close so many times. Yeah, they really battle in that. Um, as you mentioned with Dan Campbell, when he first came in, he was very, I guess, macho and over the top, wasn't he? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like him. But then you you see what he's done to the players, and and they do literally fight till the last minute, even when they're the 20 points down. And it's nice to see that. And I don't know anyone who can watch the Lions this year and not think, yeah, I can. I can sort of get behind them a little bit. It's, it's good to see someone going for it. And when you, you think of the, you mentioned the Jags and the Texans and yeah, they're, they're, they're all at the same sort of level, but the Giants are just a lot more likable. But sorry, the Lions are uh, a lot more likable. They just seem to be, like you say, it's, they've just got that gutsy, never give up sort of thing. And, and they've, they've caused a lot of good teams to have um, some really shaky finishes. And, and I think it's the, the the Lions at least seem to be trying to have a plan and a bit of identity. And in Jacksonville, Crikey knows what's going on there now with, with Urban Meyer going and, and and Houston as well. They just kind of they, they had a good team a couple of years ago and they've just kind of decimated it. And and they got a coach who seemed to be like everyone's about eighty fifth choice to be head coach. And and they've got that funny situation with the the guy from New England Easterby interfering and all this kind of stuff. It's it's just a weird setup there. So yeah, so the the, the lions are 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 more likable for for a lot of reasons. I know there's a, a baseball team and a basketball team and and a hockey team actually thinking about it, but it is just a proper blue collar football town as well, isn't it? So when the lions are are doing well, which as you said, it has I don't think they've had a playoff win in in thirty years now. It's really quite scary that uh, how how bad how they've been so bad for so long, even with superstar players like Barry Sanders and Matthew Stafford. So for me, my um, Christmas present is for the Jaguars. I think to hire Urban Meyer and have him run roughshod over whatever was there um, and basically be a giant pain in the bum, um, my my present, Christmas present, which could come potentially before the end of the season, would be to give them Doug Peterson as their head coach. I think he's just what they need in terms of building a positive environment to win. I think he's got the proven pedigree. Um, he's level-headed. He knows how to work with quarterbacks. He's done a, done a really good job with young quarterbacks. Um, and I, I'd love to see what he did with, um, with Lawrence. Yeah, I think that's maybe what Jacksonville need is someone who who's got a bit of experience, knows what they're doing at the NFL level. I think they they tried a project coach in in Urban Meyer, something different didn't work. Maybe just go the complete opposite direction this time round. How many different approaches have they tried over the last ten, fifteen years though, and none of them have been successful? They need to find something that works and. 
had to a certain point, you've got to look beyond the head coach and, and into the front office, head, sorry, head office, and beyond that, and potentially. In fact, the, the struggles go beyond shard cardboard buying the team, but there's something not right there, and it's not just uh, not not just the manager, not just the uh, head coach. Right. Well, let's finally finish off all the Christmas cliches and uh, let's have some New Year's resolutions. Um, what do you think, guys? Give us a team or a player and uh, some sort of resolution. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Lions again. Um, I know they've been touched on. For me, I think get the ball into Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah, get the ball into his hands more often because he's, he's just showing up week in, week out at the moment. Um, he's averaging 9.3 yards of reception and with Hawkinson out I think he needs to be the focal point of their offense So for my New Year's resolution is for my team I've not spoken about them at all this week Miami Dolphins and that is to for them to find a bit of a running game um, they really struggled with the run up until this last week I know it was against the Jets but when they actually put the ball in the hands of someone who was was even semi-capable of running the ball, I mean, Duke Johnson has been around the NFL a little bit, but he, he played really well. He he got well over 100 yards, he got a couple of touchdowns, and it took an awful lot of the pressure off Tua. So my New Year's resolution would be for the Miami Dolphins, whether that's through players that they've got and changing the scheme or drafting or signing somebody for agency, is for them to to find a running game. I think mine is going to take a bit of time to pay off. It'll be around September time rather than Easter, as we were talking about earlier with, with Christmas presents. But it's a new strength and conditioning team for, for the Ravens. The, I had to bring it back to the at some point, but they've had horrible injury luck. They've got 18 players on, on IR this year. And last year was was particularly was, was bad as well with, with 15 players on, on IR, as, as well as the, the COVID issues that they had. Not, not that I'm blaming. Well, I, I say not that I'm blaming the strength and conditioning team, but it was it was one of the uh, one of the strength and con- strength and conditioning guys that brought it into the uh, into the weight room thinking about it. So I, I will blame that, that one on them. But uh, the, before the season, the, before this season, they lost uh, J.K. Dobbins and Marcus Peters. Uh, Ronnie Stanley was was injured from last year and. You don't know if he's going to be the same player ever again, really, given the sound of, of how bad his injury is. Uh, they've they've lost two key pieces of, of their team, uh, particularly the secondary with, with Marlon Humphrey going down, as well as Peters and, and Deshaun Elliott. And in particular for the Ravens, the the the, the backfield has been just gone as well with, with Dobbins. Gus Edwards has gone down and then Justice Hill, which is why you've seen a, a, a turnstile of, of Devonta Freeman uh, Latavius Murray and and, uh, and Le'Veon Bell in the in the team, but I, I just want to see a healthy Ravens team because they're they're wasting years of of Lamar Jackson's prime here, especially prime on a on a very cheap contract. That being said, I, I think that contract might be a little lower in value given how well he's played over the last few weeks. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see. But if if they could have a bit of injury luck next year, it would definitely be nice. I think. They definitely also need to look at not letting their star players go. I mean, to let Matt Judon go was a travesty because he was one of the stars of that defence and they've missed him so much, in my opinion. I'm not sure about that, to be honest. He's He, he was a decent player, but I don't think he was worth the money that New England ended up paying him. And yes, he has played well well in New England, but 
it's always been the, the Ravens' philosophy to to draft well and and if if a player doesn't want to to get, take a bit of a, a discount or that they just don't want to pay the the the, the the marquee free agent prices. So if you get a player, then they they lock them down. But they've lost C.J. Mosley in the past. But uh, Odafe Owe has has been really good in in his rookie year, and it just it's just that that stage of the cycle where they they have let that player go. Uh, last off season, they've draft, drafted a player. You'd expect Owe to be better in in year two, and suddenly they'll be talking. Everyone will be talking about that. I would hope that he gets locked down before hitting free agency. But if if these players hit free agencies free agency there's no way the ravens are playing paying them okay well that leads me with the, the final new year's resolution and i think it's one we can all agree on uh, and this one's for the nfl and the refs and that's just be better i mean you see it every year but it's just so inconsistent i i get it's fast and the 50 50 foot calls i can i can i can let you off with but some of some of the just the the farcical calls you've seen, especially with, say, the, the taunting rule this year, there's almost too many examples to mention, but it's it's just really poor. And, um, you know, for the NFL, come on, get your hands in the pocket, start paying professionals. He, you, you're paying them as part-time and it's not the full-time job and you're a multi-billion dollar league, sort it out. Um, yeah, there you go. I think that's my little rest rant done. For me, that'd be, that'd be a really good resolution. Sort out a lot of problems. I think they need definitely they need to be clearer on the rules. I mean, no one's clear on what a catch is at the moment. Um, <laughs> the taunting rule is just garbage, and they need to take away the protection for the quarterbacks to the the point that you can't actually. There was a one play when the guy dived to make a tackle, and he was penalised, and it's just gone too far to protect when you're hearing quarterbacks coming out and saying there's way too much protection you know there's there's an issue to be fair i think it's a lot better it's not crystal clear but it's a lot better than it was three or four years ago ago about what a catch is and what what isn't it's it was really murky around 2015 2016 it could still be improved but i think they're getting there yeah des definitely caught it that's all i know I knew we'd get back to Des at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Can't avoid it. Well, if you're talking about it. catch, I've got to mention that. Um, but yeah, the, 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 you mentioned it there, Johnny. The taunting rule is just ridiculous. And the way they've sort of phrased it is, oh, you know it when you see it. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. How That's so subjective. That's like, oh, well, I think that's taunting. Oh, well, I, I don't think I can see it. That, what, that's not a rule. That can't be a law. I just hate the taunting rule altogether. I think you should be allowed to taunt as much as you want. <laughs> just totally wind up the other team. It, you're not hurting anybody. You're not doing anything to them. You're not injuring them. Why? I, I love a bit of a banter. And why can't you just annoy your opposition? It's, it should just be part of the game. It should be allowed. Fans do it all the time, particularly at NFL and things. You know, people over here that all the songs are about winding up the other team and stuff. I don't know why it's such a big issue about taunting. Mm. Especially like a fifth, or maybe just warn them. But a 15-yard penalty is just ridiculous. How hard, did, you know, an offense got to work to get 15 yards, or a defense got to work to stop 15 yards, and yet you just you're just throwing it about like crazy. I'll allow a taunting penalty as long as they uh, stop team or stop players celebrating first downs every time. It's just a bit. Key <laughs> third down, sure, celebrate. Oh, first game, great. Not every single first down. Chase Claypool needs to learn that one. 
Yeah, he needs to learn that for different reasons, to be fair. (laughs) If they're going to stop that, then they need to stop defenders and especially defensive backs celebrating every single pass incomplete when it doesn't even go their way. Yeah, that's one of my favourite. When it's like a massive overthrow, like, oh, yeah, get off, get off, you can't throw on me. Come on, mate. No, no, surely the best one is a big celebration at breaking the pass up, and then you see the yellow flag coming in from the <laughs> judge. We've yeah. really finished this podcast in such a Scrooge Grinch mood, haven't we? We'll have to do something more Christmassy to finish it off. Right, we all, we all got to sing a nice carol then. No. No. Okay. <laughs> but I'll carol anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, if it cheers you up, I'll have, I'll, I'll mention some of my uh, the festive jokes that I had written on my notes, which I was going to try and include but didn't. So I was going to try and mention Blitzen, as in Blitzen, Blitzen, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a good chance at this. We're going to mention AFC North Pole. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, Darius Slay. Um, yeah, we'll give you that one. We'll give you that but, one. You've but missed it, one you? You missed that one here. Kyle Rudolph. Oh, oh I can't believe you missed that oh. one. Good work. So I'll edit it in. It's all right. <laughs> Put it totally Yeah. Before we finish, we have to wish you, Brian, very big luck on the uh, the big day next week, by the sound of it, uh, because our our esteemed host is getting married. So a big good luck and, and congratulations on, on that one. Yeah, congratulations, Brian. I hope, I hope everything goes well for you for your big day and... Uh, I hope that speech doesn't have as much bad jokes as your podcast and all stars. <laughs> <laughs> or else that might be running uh, for the hills. Definitely. You'd be surprised, you. You'd be surprised. Um, yeah, so far, Thank you very much. But yeah, at, at this point, I'm going to have to get rid of some of them because even I don't think they're funny. I'm just trying a bit too hard. But um, anyway, thank you all very much. Thank uh, you very much for having us. Pleasure as always. It has. It's been a, it's been a good one. And um, I think that does us. And from all of us at 99 Yards, to all of our lovely listeners, wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back next year. In the meantime, as usual, check out the Twitter and the website and, of course, any other podcast that we're doing. Um, And that's it, really. We'll see you in 2022. Goodbye.